wow, what a dress. I look so totally cool. <laughs> Jealous, Ray? Sabrina! Remember, we're here on sailor business, nothing else. Not going in to win. Yeah, I know. Moon Podcast Escalation! and welcome to Sailor Business. My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is the show where we watch every single episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime and break it down scene by scene to talk about why it is that we love this show so much. We got a weird one today. (laughs) Uh, We're going to be watching episode 16, A Girl's Dream, Usagi Becomes a Bride, aka A Dream of a Pure White Dress, Usagi Becomes a Bride, uh, aka Wedding Day Blues, Mm. aka What is Happening on This Show. Uh, we have uh, a great guest who's back for a second appearance on the show. Katie Skelly is here. Hey guys. Katie, how are you? I'm doing great. I am psyched to talk about this episode. It's really weird and I love it. How was your Thanksgiving? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it was great. I had a lot of turkey, got to hang out, pretty happy about it. Great. Uh, Has there ever been a Sailor Moon balloon in the uh, Macy's Parade? No. There should be. Yeah, of course. That would be awesome. But like, how could you, has there ever been? Uh, No, of course not. I like, I mean, look, the show was very popular in the 90s. There's a, uh, a a Red Ranger balloon this year. Is there really? Yeah, so why couldn't there be a uh, why couldn't there be a, a sailor it's a sailor balloon moon? Wow, that's mental. I did not know there was a uh, that a Red, a Red Ranger, Ranger balloon. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> no, it's the answer. <laughs> there has never been one. No. Uh, so, let's see. Do you want to I was thinking uh, we can look through and see if there's any uh, questions on our, our Twitter feed if you want to talk about some interesting Sailor Moon stuff. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to hear from Katie's history of a Sailor Moon. We talked about that in our last episode. Short version. Katie, you like Sailor Moon. I love Sailor Moon. There you go. <laughs> So yeah, why don't we uh, answer a few questions before we dive into the episode? Here's one. Here's one from James D'Amato. Uh, <laughs> which Sailor Scout would do best in Die Hard? Show your work. Like like trapped in a building with yeah. terrorists? Yeah. Uh, Mars. Really? I yeah, Okay, have you seen Die Hard? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you. I can totally picture Hans Gruber opening up an elevator and there's just a charred corpse uh, that says, I would go with- now I have a machine gun uh, and I will punish you. <laughs> I would go with Jupiter. Hmm. I mean, again, I, she's got lightning powers. Lightning powers are pretty awesome. And she's also, you know, tough. I think of her as tougher than Mars, even though Mars is, you know, jerkier. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jupiter in this too. I think that, you know, she has sort of like the brain capability to do it without getting too caught up in her ego, which I think that Ray might. Um, and I also think she's strong enough to kind of handle that situation. So I'm going with Jupiter on that too. Also, uh, once again, I have to uh, I have to give it up. Uh, a- Amy's smart. She well, like throw those bubbles up, fade away, strike from the shadows. <laughs> she's not a ninja. Listen, I- I- I'm not trying to dis respect Amy in any way. She would do the bubbles and then run away because that's what the bubbles are good for. But she is a fierce warrior, Jordan. <laughs> I don't think she is. I think she's a great Sailor Scout, but she's going to go, I'm going to look on my computer. She she would do great because she would be able to like call out emergency help and things because she has computer access to everything. And she might have figured out what the plot of the whole movie was before uh, uh, <laughs> any of the other scouts would, that, what, that they're trying to break into the vault and all those things. But she's not a fierce 
fierce warrior. Like, she's not. Amy is a fierce warrior. <laughs> Amy is fierce. All right. I don't even know why you would say that. No, I think, I, I, I do think Rey would be the best because she can shoot flames out of her hands. Okay. Yeah, no, that, which that is pretty it. good in a killing terrorist type situation. She wouldn't be fooled uh, when he pretends to be another guest either. Yeah, she'd be like, I sense evil. <laughs> Be, I would love to see that just for the scene where she tapes uh, a uh, one of the charms, mm-hmm. one of her anti-evil charms, like tapes it to her back. And like at the end, like when John McClane tapes the gun to his back. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's good. So good. So good. I love Die Hard. Uh, not a Christmas. Yes. Yeah, it is a Christmas movie. No, it is not. <laughs> I watch it. I watch it Christmas Day every year. Do you really? Yes. I mean, listen, that's great. I just still don't think it's a Christmas movie. I watch I watch Ro- Roadhouse on Thanksgiving. Is it a Thanksgiving movie? I've never seen that one. I just watch it. Okay, all right. Just I watch Roadhouse on Thanksgiving. I watch RoboCop on Easter. Okay. And I watch Weird. Die Hard on Christmas. Okay, well, RoboCop makes sense. It's about coming back it's to about the about a dead. resurrection. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh uh, do we have any other questions? Here's another one. Uh, what Sailor Moon story arc would make the best Pluto-style retelling, and who would be the once obscure new viewpoint character? Oh, well, I think it would be... It would have to be from the, the Dark Kingdom point of view. You think so? Like, yeah, no, I would love... I mean, we've said this before. I would love to get Jedi story from Jedi's point of view. Mm-hmm. Like where he is this kind of depressing middle manager for the Dark Kingdom who's got all these weird money-making schemes going on, trying to balance it, and these kids keep fucking it up. Or the <laughs> or that'd the, be great. Or the, the version told from the point of view of um what was her name? Tetis? Tetis, yeah. Covering her, for her unrequited love mm-hmm. for Jedi. Mm-hmm. She keeps fudging the books. Also, if you really wanted to get grim on it, and I've said this before, and I'm sorry, I, I know I am talking a lot. I apologize, Katie. Naru's POV mm. would be um, would be so terrifying. Mm. Like, that would be, like, Pluto is more of a murder mystery. Uh, I love Pluto, by mm-hmm. the way. If, anyone if anybody doesn't know, Pluto. Pluto is a retelling of a, uh, oh God, what's his name? The original? Uh, Osama Tezuka. Right, but what is the, the character? Um, Astro Boy. Astro Boy. It's a retelling of an old Astro Boy comic from an obscure, from a, a relatively minor character, and it's it is great. It takes what is a totally mental, goofy little cartoon story and like makes it super serious and super dramatic and awesome. Yeah, it's really really great. It's a uh, uh, Naoko Urasawa mm-hmm. uh, who did, did the the manga, uh, who did Monster, and who also did Twenty uh, First Century Boys, which is amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the purest version of Sailor Moon from another character's point of view would be Naru's because she's involved in so many plots. That are like, you know, like I said, her mom gets taken over as the first thing. Her friend stops hanging out with her. Like, I would love to see, like, I wouldn't love to see it because it's so depressing, but like, Naru kind of isolated and, uh, and under attack by these horrible monsters, I think would be really compelling. I actually think you could make that a real happy story by, by what you do. I mean, it's, it's a sad story that has it can have a happy ending. It wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a happy ending like, oh my God, like that's the happiest thing I've ever seen, but it would be her going through all this stuff that's kind of scary and, and weird not knowing what's going on. I think the way you'd have to write it is that by the end of it, she figures out that Usagi is Sailor Moon. Um, yeah. She sees and kind of understands Usagi's got this new special and bigger life than I have, and I have a normal life. And like, again, and that's around the time that she starts And I'm going to settle for Melvin. And, and exactly. I'm going to settle for Melvin. <laughs> I think you actually made it more depressing. And be happy. No, because you can be happy to be a normal person. You can. You really can. I didn't want to be a moon princess anyway. 
<laughs> well, you'd have to actually sell that. All right. Well, I think that's the answer to your question. Those are the only ones I have. Okay, well, Katie, did you have uh, anything in mind? I don't know that I do. I feel like I need to think on this a little bit more. I love this question, though. And I do like your idea a lot, Chris. I feel like, again, like with Sailor Moon and Spider-Man, it's something that I'm like, I want to take it on. I want to write it. Like, let's just do this. Maybe I'll do that after the show. You know that, uh, that uh, I know Kurt Busiek does it in Untold Tales, but it starts off is, is it the Jerry Conway, uh, the Spider-Man Private Lives graphic novel? That's the one uh-huh. with Dr. Octopus? Uh, it's the one where you find out that Mary Jane always knew. Uh, oh, Spider-Man right. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I think I remember that. that yeah, Mary like she Jane, saw him going into the building or something. Yeah, she sees, she sees you know, she's next door at Anna Watson's house and she sees Peter coming home as Spider-Man one night. before she, It's set before her first appearance. Mm-hmm. So that's why she keeps pestering Anna Watson to introduce her to her neighbor's son. It's because she's like, oh, I gotta find out more about this. That, I think, is the is the Naru story. Like, Naru realizes that uh, Isagi is Sailor Moon uh, and then and then keeps the secret. You know, she Pete Rosses it. She uh, mm-hmm. she uh, Mary Jane's it for a little bit. I love Mary Jane, by the way. She's great. Uh, all right. Do we have any other questions or are we ready to move on? I think that's all the questions we've got right now. Um, I should say, if you want to ask us some questions about Sailor Moon or about Yeah, we did our not mention our Twitter account in our last episode. We forgot to. I don't think. Um, but it's at Sailor Business. It's pretty easy to to figure out. Yeah, send us some questions. We love we love thinking about weird Sailor Moon things, and uh, you know, th- sending your theories as to why explaining weird stuff or any anything. We're happy to. hear So about it. the episode that we're going to be watching is uh, episode sixteen. Uh, I have also read the young adult novelization. Uh, it's the first story in Sailor Moon Volume Six: Scouts on Film, oh, God, uh, written by Leanne Centaur, and it is the biggest change from the anime. The structure of the novelization is really vastly different huh. in a way that is very, both interesting and completely bonkers. Uh, so we will be talking about that as we get into it. So let's go ahead and start it up. All right. Before we get into the show, each episode of the anime has a little teaser where it tells you basically what you're about to watch. Right. Uh, and it always involves Yusagi saying like, oh, you know, messing with radio shows that promise love stories for girls. That's unforgivable. Or or tricking girls into trying to lose weight so you can harvest their energy. That's unforgivable. This one, uh, this one starts off with just Yusagi shouting, unforgivable, unforgivable, unforgivable. Yes, I made a note she of that as well. losing her sugar. I had no <laughs> idea f- from just watching the original, the English ones before this, how much unforgivable is like a catchphrase of hers. It, until again, watching the Japanese version, you see it a lot. She uses it a lot. She is so upset about the, uh, the sacred institution of marriage. <laughs> <laughs> being uh, subverted by the negaverse. I like the intro to this. It's great in the dub too. Uh, the new dub. It's just unforgivable. Unforgivable. She is. It's awesome. We get our little standard opener. We find out that our heroine is Isagi Takino. Uh, a cat gave her a transformation brooch. <laughs> she has two friends. Uh, the kind-hearted genius Amy Mizuno. IQ 300. Favorite color blue. And the hot-headed psychic Reihino. IQ unknown. Favorite color probably red. I do think we should find out the IQs of all all the Sailor Scouts uh, once and for all so that we can really compare. Well, we know we've got probably, like, I mean, look, Usagi doesn't test well. <laughs> right. Hers is like eight. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not accurate. It's just that's what she ends up with. <laughs> Uh, so I, I, I'm going to put uh, Amy at the top at 300. We'll just, you know, we'll say uh, Serena's average. 
Let's, we'll put her right at 100. <laughs> is that we'll average? See where we are. Yeah, 100 is average. I didn't know. Yeah, I that's. Do you guys not know how IQ tests work? I actually don't. I have no idea. I feel like 300 isn't even a real number. I thought it only went up to like 150. Oh, or no, something. it doesn't. It doesn't. Like, there is no 300. Like, there's certainly no 600s. So, yeah, how does it work? Might agree high. Uh, 100 is, is adjusted. Uh, it, it's not a fixed system. It's not oh. like you get a certain number of points. It's just the average person is, is 100 always. Uh, the average of all the scores is 100, and it is—it's not—it it is mistaken as a measure of intelligence. Uh, it is just a pre- a predictor of how well you're going to do academically in the school system, specifically. Oh. Uh, so Amy being 300 makes perfect sense. It actually makes perfect sense that Yusagi would be eight because she is a very poor student, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, they do not like like you are considered like a genius if it's like 160. So 300 is ridiculous. <laughs> Go Amy. She is the best student in the nation. Yeah. Right. Right. So I'll buy that. I think she should get 300. All she does is study. She yeah. she goes to school. She goes she she goes from school to the park where she reads. And then she goes to cram school and then she probably stops off at the park for a little reading on the way home. Mm-hmm. And then she studies at home. I mean, that's the thing. She could she could study a little less and still probably be the best student in this country. Well, you know, her mom's a doctor. There's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and also, what else is she going to do? She doesn't really seem to be interested in anything other than studying that we know of to this point, right? I guess just fighting crime. I mean, there's, yeah, there's a continuing uh, thing. Like, she's never with the other scouts, which I think is, it's kind of sad in a way, because you always see, you know, Ray and and Usagi are always doing things, even though we've talked in previous episodes about how Ray is likely as mean as she is to Usagi, uh, because she grew up isolated because she you know she has her duties at the shrine she has psychic powers i know you want to interrupt jordan no go ahead (laughs) You know, she has her psychic powers. She has her duties at the shrine. She doesn't really seem to have any friends, uh, especially later on. You know, I talked last week about the episode where we actually see her at school. She does not seem to have a lot of friends, but she, once she becomes part of the team, we see her going out and doing stuff a lot more. We see it in, in the last episode where she's trying to get a boyfriend to go to the park. We certainly see it in this episode. Uh, we see it when she's on the cruise ship because yeah. she, she goes and magics her way onto a cruise ship. So it is, uh, it's, it's, interesting that we see her going out and doing things but amy's almost always by herself uh she's the one that's that's walking home alone when the, when the scheming is happening with the other two at, at uh, cafe amigo right so that's why luna it, likes her so much yeah like luna likes her because she's she's not scheming she is a responsible young lady but i do think that's kind of sad that she is i mean she, but she doesn't seem sad she seems very you know perfectly happy to be with her friends when she's with her friends and not be with her friends when she's not so yeah uh she, she, speaking she likes of please uh speaking of academic performance we open in uh, an extremely boring home ec class <laughs> where a teacher is explaining sewing to a bunch of girls who look like they are about to either fall asleep or kill themselves. <laughs> Well, because apparently, oh, please, what what did you say? Oh, I loved this so much because I had to take home ec in middle school and it was like that every day for me. It was just like snoozers. I mean, like I couldn't do anything right with the sewing machine. Every time I tried to bake anything, it was wrong. Even though in my opinion, I was like improving recipes by adding like extra peanut butter and stuff (laughs) to them, but it was not appreciated. So I'm just like, yeah, I get it. Home ec is the worst. And I agree with this scene wholeheartedly. Well, we see, uh, we see Lisa Brownridge and Rika Kelton. I mean, apparently uh, the this teacher used to not be super boring. But what happens is when you get engaged, you become a woman, becomes so distracted that she can't do anything properly in her life. Apparently. Now, Jordan, I am unmarried. 
Uh, Katie, I don't know if you are married or not. Not married. Not married. Jordan, you are married. Is that what it was like with Devin? Did she, was she just like, you know, trying to doctor people? Well, we, we were not happening. It's, it, it, we, we actually have been married for a very long time. So when I when I when we got married, she was uh, she was still in college. Uh, so yeah, obviously she flunked out. Got all F's. <laughs> no, of course not. It's ridiculous. For some reason, this teacher uh, is just so obsessed with her marriage that she ruins her classes. She ruins her classes for her. It's weird because uh, we get Usagi asking, I wonder what's, or, or maybe it's Naru. Is it Naru who goes, I wonder what's wrong with Miss uh, Akiyama? It's probably Naru because I think Usagi's sleeping and dreaming about chocolate. Uh, and But that sentence is said, I wonder what's wrong with Miss Akiyama, is said over a picture of Miss Akiyama looking out a window and smiling. <laughs> And blushing. Uh, very clearly, like, I'll tell you what's wrong with her. She's happy. <laughs> There's one more thing that I, I wanted to note about Miss Akiyama. Do either of you think she looks like a grown-up Amy? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. She has, she's she got, is. well, her hair is more sort of sea green, I guess. It's blue with kind of uh, seafoam green highlights. Uh, but she's got, you know, the big glasses. She's got the blue hair that's, when it's up in a bun, it kind of looks like Amy's hair. Uh, and I just, like, I couldn't look at her without thinking, like, oh, that's that's grown-up Amy. This is what they think grown-up Amy is like. Just, just, just boring and love-struck. Except Amy's not going to be a home ec teacher. She's too smart for that. Yeah, but I mean, in the way that I feel like Haruna is a grown-up Usagi, mm. and she's kind of depicted as a grown-up Usagi, and weirdly enough, we'll get to this in the novel, there's a scene in the novel that reinforces both of these ideas. I feel like they're showing us, you know, this is a... It, it seems like somebody was doodling a character design for what the scouts would be like when they grew up, and they this is what they got for... Amy. I mean, she's even wearing a lab coat. Hmm, that's true. To teach sewing, the science of sewing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we find out that Miss Akiyama used to be really passionate about sewing, uh, which is a weird sentence to say. <laughs> like she could be like normally, I would say like really passionate about fashion, <laughs> not the act of sewing. But you know, I guess everyone has their interests. Well, just thread going in and out. You just watch that all day. I guess some people, you know, there's something for everybody. <laughs> Uh, there's also a scene where Naru says Miss Akiyama used to be really passionate about sewing. And then, and this is taking place, I guess, at, uh, an ice cream shop where, uh, Naru and Usagi are hanging out, having ice cream after class that Usagi is almost too tired to eat, which should tell you something. Yeah. And two children ride by on a green hippopotamus. Right. That was so weird. Yeah, I don't what know what was that, that? Is that in the uh, original dub, Jordan? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're saying that's in the novel? No, that's in the anime. They didn't talk about it for no, sure. They, I, it's one of those things where I don't know if it's if they cut a it, pun on someone uh, on a, a word in Japanese or if if there's just like, yeah, you know, two kids riding by on a, on a hippopotamus. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't know. Like, I had to rewind it just to be like, wait, was I just really like zoned out and just imagine that? But I don't know. I thought maybe for a second, like, did I misunderstand the context? Are they like at an amusement park or something? But no, they're just straight up having ice cream. And then these two little kids go by. It's so weird. I love that. I'm checking the scene to see if they if they cut it. I think they must have cut it because it, it happens before Melvin pops up, right? Yes. Yeah. No, they cut it. Yeah. It's really weird. <laughs> but if you saw that, you are not 
hallucinating. <laughs> uh, Melvin pops up from under the table uh, again. That that goes on the highlight reel of Melvin's creepiest moments. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just hanging out under the table while these two girls are having their ice cream. What a creep. Uh, he explains that uh, Miss Akiyama's strange behavior is strongly connected to her engagement. Then we get uh, to see her, her, her fiancé proposing to her, which was a weird scene because, Chris, this is some advice for you. Oh, oh thank you. When, when you ask someone to marry you, probably don't list all your shortcomings first. <laughs> well, that's good. I don't have any. So okay, I'm- good, good, good. Because this guy goes like, so I know I'm a broke loser who sucks and I'm ugly and I'm bald and I'm dumb and everybody hates me and I'll never amount to anything. Do you want to marry me? And she says, yes. The weird thing is that Miss Akiyama is so happy to accept it. And you almost get the feeling like she's, she's so moved. Like she's so hot girl in a movie playing a not hot girl. <laughs> <laughs> she's got her hair up in a bun and she's got glasses on right. and she's, uh, you know, kind of dressed very teacherish. But again, and we talked about this in the context of the scouts, she is no more or less beautiful than any other woman on this show. Right, right. Well, they also set her up with this context of like, she's, I think they say she's 34 and she's unmarried. Mm-hmm. So like at this point, she should be so lucky to have anybody right. almost. So for like, yeah. like this guy almost kind of doing her a favor. And so she should be so lucky to have someone who's, you know, short and bald. And he says something about his like employment status too. Isn't that great? He says he's a short and boring businessman. Yep. That's what it is. And he is about a foot shorter than she is. Right. <laughs> but then Which, but the, the way it played to me was it almost felt like she she was like, I really do want to get married. So yes, like it was not, it felt like it wasn't really about him. <laughs> yeah. It's really weird. Cause I want them to be in love. I right. think they're a cute couple, <laughs> but like, the, yeah, you're right. I, I actually, um, I made like, I made a note about that line where, Oh, she's 34. You guys, she's almost dead. Uh, I'm 32. Uh-oh. So I got I got two years to That's find good. to find me a businessman. Well, <laughs> as we as we are about to find out, Usagi pledges that she will be married by age 25. True. <laughs> she she will be married by age 16. In fact, I wait, no, she doesn't get married at 16. She's practically married, but she doesn't actually. Get she well, she look. She has her destined moon lover at 14. So it's all it's all. Like, they might as well make it legal. Well, I guess so. <laughs> a couple things to note in the novel. The uh, name of the teacher in the novel is Miss Helen Lambert, as opposed to uh, Higura Akiyama, which is what it is in the original anime. Uh, According to Melvin, who has all this information, and I am genuinely worried about where he got it. Uh According to Melvin, she's marrying a really cool guy. Uh, He's a computer programmer, and he designs web pages, too. Mm. Yeah, that that, that happened in the the dub. They talk, Melvin is so excited because he's a computer programmer is actually getting to marry a good-looking woman. Like, basically, is the message you get. Uh, and when Serena talks about uh, her plans to get married at 25, which, by the way, I put that I put that scene up on uh, on Twitter because there is a shot where Usagi is kind of... She's like, yeah, oh, Miss, Le- Miss uh, Akiyama should not be settling for this four-foot-tall uh, web designer, uh, middle-aged web designer. She holds an ice cream cone up like the Statue of Liberty, uh-huh. and there's like a sunburst and cherubs. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I'm sticking to impossible standards. 
Exactly. Very <laughs> reasonable, Isagi. Very reasonable. It's very, it's very feminist of her. She's, <laughs> she's not going to settle. She's even using the word impossible standards. Yes. Right. Uh, but in the novel, uh, she says, uh, this is how she phrases it, which I thought was bonkers. Serena frowned. Yeah, she knew she probably wouldn't be walking down the aisle for a long time, but that didn't mean she couldn't daydream about a wedding now. I wish, she said with a sigh, tilting her head to the sky, I wish there was some way I could enjoy the thrill of a wedding now. I just want a piece of the action. <laughs> oh my god. Nice. That is some action. I love it. She's so cool. She's great. I just thought like, like I don't really want to get married. I just want a piece of the action. <laughs> she's, she's a gangster. <laughs> a wedding gangster. Well, maybe she just wants some of the presents, you know? Like, I'll take a like third of those presents now. Uh, just get a, a little cut. According to the novel, she wants the cake more than anything else. She wants the pretty dress and the, pretty, and the cake. Hmm. Uh, I like it. So, uh, w- will it shock you to learn that... Uh, the teacher is going to be the target of Nephrite's uh, plots here. Look, she's the only person in Tokyo getting married soon. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm, sure. uh, so she goes to a store labeled Dressmaker <laughs> uh, in the Juban district. Uh, and she runs into Haruna, who's very excited about her wedding and is just really... She She's basically just saying, oh, yeah, you're going to make a wedding dress. It's going to be great. I want to... Like, I can't wait for your wedding. It's very polite. In the novel, it is... It it is amazing what happens. Uh, so I wanted to read this part. Helen! Miss Lambert turned in surprise. She blinked, trying to focus her blue eyes. Patricia? Miss Patricia Haruna, Serena's homeroom teacher and the unofficial and unwanted love consultant of the faculty of Crossroads Junior High, nice. shot down the sidewalk, practically tackling the timid sewing teacher. Helen! Miss Haruna cried, shaking the thin woman. Samantha just told me the news. Why didn't you tell me you were getting married? This is fantastic! Miss <laughs> Helen Lambert blushed. Well, she said quietly, Herbert and I were just planning a small wedding and I didn't want to. Are you kidding me? Miss Haruna shook Miss Lambert so hard the sewing teacher's teeth rattled. You are not having a small wedding. Not if Patricia Angelica Haruna has anything to say about it. Nice. Miss Lambert's eyes darted nervously. Come on, Miss Haruna declared, grabbing Miss Lambert's wrist. I'm taking you on the biggest pre-wedding shopping spree in history. And then she drags her down the street. Uh, and Nephrite is watching all this going down from across the street. So, again, m- like, this completely reinforces my idea that uh, Miss Lambert is what they think a grown-up Amy is like. And Haruna is a grown-up Hisagi because she takes her to the mall. Yeah. She she dra- she assaults her on the street and then excitedly drags her to the mall. In the, uh, uh, in the dub, she's excited about the wedding because she that's where she intends to meet her own lover. Right. She's, she's, looking, for a, she's looking for a man. Yep. She's going to catch that bouquet. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, look, Haruna's what, like 26? She's practically a grandma by now. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, she needs to get married or else her value to society is over. So that's when we get to... <laughs> It's totally true. Moving on. That's when we get to the actual plot of the episode actually beginning, which is a contest. This There is a contest that says it's a very weird, very strange contest. It's a contest at a wedding chapel saying, uh, if you make the best handmade bride's gown, then you get a free all expenses paid wedding. Or in the American dub, a free trip to Hawaii, which they talk about a lot, even though all the imagery that they show from it has nothing to do with Hawaii ever. (laughs) Now, as soon as this gets announced, everybody freaks out. Oh my God, we all want, we all want to 
we all want to get married. We all want a free, all expenses paid wedding. Uh, <laughs> Ray is literally there yelling at them. What is it she yells at them about in the Japanese version? Oh, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm watching uh, Usagi's fantasy. Oh, yeah. See, I wanted to talk grass. about that. Usagi's fantasy is uh, you find out that Sailor Moon is a polygamist. She is <laughs> great. She it wants to marry great. both Tuxedo Mask and Motoki. She and she does in both in her dream. She marries both of them at the same time, one on each arm. They all seem very happy together. They can be her brother husbands. She's gonna have it all. She it will yeah. have it all. I, and, I felt so happy for her watching that scene. I was just like, this is everything that you know. This is what every little girl dreams of. Two husbands. Exactly. It's in this episode. Uh, I was watching it last night, and I was like, man, Usagi is going full Tina Belcher. <laughs> That's Who's perfect. That? Do, do you watch Bob's Burgers, Jordan? Oh, I've only seen like two or three episodes. They're very funny. Uh, you got to catch up <laughs> I, because I would like to. this is full on Tina. Uh, she's like, if she would have just talked about butts, it would have been perfect. <laughs> the weird part about the fantasy scene in the American dub is that she talks in a French accent for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> Is she still marrying both of them? Yes. She, it, she. I mean, she's not saying that outright, but she's basically like, oh, this is so wonderful. I love it so much. And it's like, what? why is this happening? Uh, so Ray walks up and she demands to know if there's a, a time limit on the contest. She's like, well, okay, well, what if you don't have a, what if you don't have a boyfriend right. yet? What if you don't have a, a, a date plan? They're like, yeah, it's good forever. Uh, and then she's like, awesome. I'm going to get married one day, probably to Tuxedo Mask. <laughs> He's the only adult male we've ever met on the show who is not working for the Negaverse. So he will be who I marry. And she's like, she walks off super excited about it and runs into Yusagi, who I love the expression on both their faces. I actually just screen capped it. You might have heard. Yusagi just goes, Ray. Ray flips out because she is embarrassed about being so excited over a wedding. Right. I just, I'm sorry to do this, but I want to, I want to see if I can play the the French accent for no reason. Okay, let's do it. Why? <laughs> Why did that happen? I wonder if it's like she, like, that's kind of her idea of adulthood. Like, you grow up and then you become sophisticated with two husbands and then suddenly you're French. <laughs> that's, a nice, that's a nice dream. Uh, it's a very mature country. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's very exotic. They listen to jazz. <laughs> so so you're right so she catches ray uh, getting excited about this and ray is embarrassed for a moment but then all of a sudden ray goes wait a minute you have a mother and i don't <laughs> let's go yeah. talk to your mother that's something sad that never gets brought up a lot <laughs> is that uh you s- like ray is also apparently an orphan yeah yeah how, there are a hell of a lot of orphans on this show how many well okay uh ray's an orphan memory is an orphan mm-hmm. uh technically yusagi's an orphan but she's not she is i, I have a lot of questions about whether we'll get yusagi is the biological daughter of mr and mrs tsukino but that's for another time yeah uh makoto is an orphan yep that's right we never see minako's parents that's weird and uh does amy have is a it mother. just her mom or does amy is amy's dad around i don't remember ever seeing Amy's dad, so I think we're just a one parent. That means, like, between all the Sailor Scouts, there are three parents. <laughs> 
No, are you counting? Uh, well, there's five actually because you have to count Memoru and Darian, <laughs> or uh, Memoru and Usagi. No, that doesn't count. <laughs> so, so they go to uh, Usagi's house so that Ray can kiss up to <laughs> Usagi's mother in a, a scene that is again super hilarious. Ray is on her best behavior, being as phony as phonies can be. She's so manipulative <laughs> in this scene. Like, but again, this this is like Ray is so conniving. Oh yeah, uh, and, and scheming in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Which oddly enough makes me like her more because at least she's not like just being mean. like she's not yeah she's not just she's not being mean she's just being kind of evil. <laughs> she's not a wet blanket. She's, in a lot of the episodes, she was a wet blanket. In this one, she's yeah she's on she's bad behavioring, but <laughs> on very much on purpose. Yeah, she's she's not being mean to Usagi. She's just being like a weird schemer in a lot of ways, and I, I think that's like that's much more tolerable for me. I don't know why I don't know why I would rather have someone emotionally manipulate people than just be mean to them because I think that's like in real life that's worse (laughs) so Yusagi is sitting there grumpy as hell while while Ray kisses her mother's butt Uh, her mother gives her the last piece of pie which was Yusagi's snack or pie or cake or whatever it was and Ray pretends that she thinks that that Yusagi's mother made it by hand even though she knows very well it was bought at a store Uh, and the culmination of this scene being she really wants Yusagi's mother to help her make this dress and ends up leaving the house angrily going oh why didn't you tell me your mother can't sew and it's like, well, how about because you didn't tell me <laughs> that that's what yeah, we were doing? You just asked if my mom was a housewife. <laughs> you assume she has housewife skills. Uh, once again, like outside of the scouts and maybe like maybe even more than some of the scouts. I love Usagi's mom. She is such a great character when she shows up. She's a very, like very minor character. She almost never shows up. But when she does, it's always fantastic and she's so she's so much like Yusagi like I love that the only adult in this show is a cat (laughs) that's true (laughs) because Yusagi's mom and Haruna are both exactly like Yusagi they're just taller Uh, speaking yeah. of Luna as an adult, Luna has some big ears in this episode, by the way. They are frighteningly huge. <laughs> well, they are pretty big. Uh, what's that? Oh, they are pretty big, I said. Yeah, they're they're massive. I don't understand why. So uh, Ray storms out of the house and is like, I can't believe you didn't tell me your mom. So <laughs> she, your mom doesn't so She sucks just like you do. <laughs> He's like, hey, why don't you go back to uh, having no mom? <laughs> Enjoy that life. <laughs> But it's not the exchange, but that's the gist of it. And Luna's like, you two are unbelievable. <laughs> this contest is stupid, and you need to practice fighting the Negaverse, because you will die if you don't. Except it turns out she's lecturing no one, because no one cares what she has to say, and they all left. Uh, Poor really, Luna. really great. Uh, so instead, Yusagi goes to bother uh, Amy. She heads over to the apartments and uh, bugs Amy about it, because Amy, being the 300 IQ perfect student as she is, obviously excels at home ac. Perfect 4.0 average, probably like a 5.0. Uh, well, at first, means, oh, go ahead. Which means she's super good at sewing. At first, she just she just wants to bitch about how terrible Ray is, but it does shift to her going, "Hey, you should help me." And Ray, and Amy says, "Sure," and gives her a stack of books about sewing to read. And she's like, oh, I didn't want to read books. <laughs> so there is a mob of women fighting. Like, this is 
this is this is Jedi <laughs> this is style. Maybe the most stereotypical portrayal of women that we've seen on the show, uh, because there is a, a because of the wedding dress contest, I assume, mm-hmm. which every woman wants to enter and win so they can get a free wedding, because that is what women want. <laughs> they want free marriages. <laughs> uh, they uh, they are fighting each other at the cloth store. <laughs> yeah, this is like I said, this is a full Jedi style panic. The, if Jedi was here, he'd be going, why are you only draining one of their energy? Look at all these women. They're all crazy. Yeah, like if, if this would have been uh, Dark Kingdom and Company cloth. <laughs> right. Cloth and crafts. But Nephrite walks in. He sees uh, Miss Amiyama holding up a bolt of pink silk, which is weird because when we see her wedding dress later, it is not that color. Nope. Not at all. Uh, and he picks it up and goes, this would be perfect to use in your wedding dress. And then wraps it around himself. <laughs> Which is so bizarre. Very true. I like it is so weird for him to just like take this silk and then wrap it around himself like a cape in the middle of a store where there's a full-blown riot going on. I think and I, I don't, you don't see what happens, but the impression I get is that like he like gives it to her, like he buys it for her. Well, he in the the novel, mm-hmm. he just kind of produce like he produces the silk. Like all of the other uh, silk has been bought by this mob of wedding dress sewers, and uh, so he kind of gives it to her. So there's like an idea that that's like Nephrite's special oh. thing that he is going to make sure she gets because that's what he's put the sigil on. Right. In this, like she's just looking at it and going, "Oh, this is really nice," and he just like takes it from her and wraps it around himself and theatrically declares that he can picture her walking beneath the stars. It's, it is maybe the weirdest thing that one of the Negaverse generals has done on the show. And I am including everything Jedi did. Even weirder <laughs> than sending planes driving after them? I would say yes. That at least, like, you can at least see the point of trying to run over the scouts with, uh, with, with an airplane. This is just like, he could have just said, oh, that's nice. That would be good for your wedding dress. Sigil. But instead he, like, just standing in a store like wrapping himself in it it's pretty weird so now katie have you ever gotten in a fist fight at a uh, claw store um a couple times you know it's just it's something that happens especially when everyone is trying to like get cloth at the same time what i'm confused about is like the economics of this contest and like we know it's a ruse to collect energy and what have you but like if the store were doing this like is the point of it to sell more cloth like no because oh no the the once again this is not a Dark Kingdom plot. Yeah, it's not. The The chapel is legit. Like, the contest and the prize are completely legit. This is not something Jedi came up with. <laughs> well, as, as you'll see later, they end up having kind of like a beauty contest, basically. Right. So I guess it's just really, it's just a giant promotion for their store so that all, so that lots of women will look at their stuff and go, I want to get married at that same place that had the contest, even though I don't get it for free. Got it. All right. Got it. Thank you. <laughs> so cut to- Because it's so confusing. Oh, it is. It, it is. Because this is exactly the kind of thing that Jedi would have done. Yeah, like it's this feels like a leftover plot. Like yes. I, I, I talked when when Nephrite showed up about how much I like how different his stuff feels from Jedi's, but this this feels like it's just a holdover. You're probably right. It's like Jedi was all about contests. <laughs> no better way to get energy than with a contest. Exactly. I mean, it almost goes back to um, the last episode that we talked about where it's like, you know, the park is just going to be closed due to like private interests. But it seems like that's something that would have been part of like the evil scheme overall. So, yeah, it's another it's another sort of odd convoluted plot. Humans spend so much energy on maintaining their parks. <laughs> My right. Jedi impression. Right. I, I would. Yeah, it's closer uh, to Dracula. You're probably right. 
they probably wrote this as a Jedi episode and said, no, we need to move it later and then go, how uh, how can we make this Netflight? Look, we got to get these two stories about radio shows <laughs> into these first few episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, cut to, by the way, cut to, guess what? Guess what Ray's doing? Guess what she's doing? Trying to cheat at this contest like she does. Ray is, Ray is an established cheater. <laughs> She's she's trying to steal the uh Which again, like the more she does it, the more I like her. Okay, well get ready. <laughs> she in the past two episodes, she has because she has gone from like a jerk to kind of a lovable rogue. Oh man. Yeah, so she's stealing the uh, the traditional wedding garb from her from her uh from her temple and her grandfather is yelling at her, No, you're not allowed to do that. We we use that to like advertise and have uh weddings at our temple, not to win contests. <laughs> well, it's actually before that that we see uh, Naru and Usagi walking down the street. Oh, right. And they happen to be at uh, Miss uh, Amiyama's apartment. And they see uh, her fiancé, uh, whose English name is Herbert, sadly going up the stairs with a bouquet of flowers. Bouquet. I was raised in the South. And they yell out in the American version, Miss Lambert is marrying a goober. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Herbert. <laughs> They literally yell back. He's just short. He's got a good job. (laughs) Miss Lambert is marrying a goober. Uh, That's a real good one. It's terrible. Uh, He goes up and knocks on the door because uh, Helen uh, or Higure has not answered her uh, his phone calls. She opens the door and she is no longer the uh, mousy glasses wearing sewing teacher. She is one hundred percent Joan Jet. Yeah, you can tell that there's a shift because there's been a shift in eyeliner. She's now lining the lower lid, which is a signifier that something is up. She opens the door in Daisy Dukes hot pants and a shirt that's tied up. She's got her hair down in a in a mullet. Uh, it's like like she is like 1985 Joan Jet. And yeah, and I wrote down she put on makeup to go crazy. <laughs> she put on lipstick and eyeliner. Uh, she slaps the flowers out of his hand uh, in slow motion, which is great, and tells him, hey, don't come here until the contest is over. We're still going to get married, but I need you to get the fuck out of here while I'm working. Yeah, that that's actually better than the American one where she says, it's over, you're a loser, I don't want to marry you. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still pretty harsh. Yeah, it is still pretty harsh. So yeah, I forgot about yeah. that scene, I'm sorry. So we, we see that she has changed. She is uh, just laser focused on sewing up a wedding dress with this pink silk. Again, it is pink silk. Keep that in mind. <laughs> so that is when they go to the temple and see uh, Ray running around with the traditional uh, wedding kimono that is that they rent out. Right. And I think it's hilarious. Grandpa proposes to Amy. Yeah, you know, like he does. <laughs> he goes, oh, are you he also, There's also, uh, he, get married? he stares up her skirt at one point. What? Does he? I missed that. He does, when, she fall, when she falls down, uh, when Amy runs into Ray, uh, Amy falls back with her legs in the air and he gets huge eyes and then a big smile so thanks anime thanks for keeping that one going yeah he goes he goes like are you oh you here to get married and she's like i don't even have a boyfriend he's like i'm single too so you and i should yeah obviously what if what if she had said yes do you think he would go through with it uh yeah i do think he would go through with it (laughs) (laughs) he's a creep jordan everybody everybody's a creep well, okay, th- that's funny because there's a lot of creep in this episode because you, you ha- we had creeping up behind them in the ice cream parlor. We got Under this. the table. Uh, we got this moment here, and then we've got the mo- moment coming up where they actually talk about be- someone being a pervert. I don't want to spoil yet. So Usagi, meanwhile, ha- has decided that the thing she needs to do is to steal her mother's curtains and make a wedding dress out of the curtains. 
This scene is so weird. She is, uh, she has disguised herself as Usagi the cat burglar. Uh, there's a really great scene. I think Quentin Tarantino directed this episode because we get a, a loving close up of Usagi's feet <laughs> as she, uh, she tiptoes into her mom's room. But it's, uh, the, the score of the episode is all like, there's a piano, uh, note, like piano keynote every time she steps. She goes like, tink, 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 tink. It's, it's really fun. But she is caught by her mom who menaces her with a spatula. <laughs> but then negotiates with her. <laughs> right? Am yeah. I crazy? That's what happens, right? No, she says uh, that Yusagi's mom goes, fine, you can sew our curtains into a wedding dress uh, in exchange for three months of your allowance. Which is I a tough that. call for Yusagi. It's, which is like, and then her mom actually points out, like, when Yusagi tries to negotiate it down, Yusagi's mom actually goes, uh, the wedding dress contest is tomorrow, by the way. You're not going to sew a wedding dress out of these curtains in a day. Your dream is over. <laughs> Quit being an idiot. Daughter. And she acts like a cat and like cat n- n- nestles against her mother. It's very, it's a super weird scene dude. Yeah. So, uh, the next day, the wedding dress has been completed by Miss Amiyama. The next day, the wedding dress contest starts up. Uh, there's a great turnout and all three of the scouts are upset. Well, well, uh, I guess all three of the scouts are there. Usagi's really upset because she can't enter the contest because she doesn't have a dress. Uh, and her fingers are all bandaged up because she has been trying to sew. And, uh, Ray says, uh, says, hey, you tried your best. And then, (laughs) and then says, yeah, and you did really good at Poking your own fingers, stupid. Uh, and we get a bunch of like, uh, there's a great shot of Usagi being stabbed in the back by her cutting words Mm -hmm. and she gets a bunch of knives and then, (laughs) and then a box cutter in her head. Oh, I and didn't a see shuriken that. in one of her odongos. Nice. Which is great. So then Luna says, so uh, you're going to have to go undercover and uh, enter the contest because I think there's, you know, negaverse stuff going on here. And Yusagi's like, well, I can't. I don't have a dress. And she goes, well, you have a transformation pen. To which Yusagi's like, oh, right. I could have done that whole time. In the English version, Luna does remind her, remember, we're here on sailor business, nothing else. Yeah, she, uh, Yusagi was all about using the transformation pen to turn herself into a waitress yes. in our last episode <laughs> completely <laughs> forgot about it when it required her to turn into a bride <laughs> yeah and she had to lose her allowance to do it too that's so sad oh you so think she you took think the she deal actually like did she actually try to sew the curtains well she tried to sew something <laughs> that's so weird it's so weird that she would actually do that well she's a she's a she's got an eight uh <laughs> iq <laughs> 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 so so she transforms into a beautiful bride um, using the Luna pen. She goes into the contest. She's totally in the contest. They're Her having... dress is hideous, by the way. Can we talk about this dress? Oh, it's, yeah, it's not a good looking dress. It is the second ugliest dress I've ever seen on television. Uh, the first, the, the the world champion reigning and defending worst wedding dress is uh, 99s from Get Smart. Ah. That that thing was hideous. But like, there's, it's like, a, what, what is on top of her head? Like, she wearing like a weird wedding turban, like that turns into a bow? It's super weird. Yeah, it's or something. It's odd. Yeah, it's not good. But she now, enters uh, this contest. Katie, have you ever designed a, a wedding dress in any of your comics? I know there isn't one in Nurse Nurse. <laughs> I don't think that I have at this point. I think I've kept it all pretty like, hmm. I've like veered away from any sort of ceremony in my comics work to this point. I imagine that must be hard to do that, to be like, okay, well you have to design a wedding dress that's beautiful. And and yeah, I would imagine that'd be really difficult. Well, I think it could be kind of simple if you just avoid doing stuff like, let me just put a weird 
weird lotus on her head. And then maybe I'll make this one like taupe and just have all kinds of weird extraneous garbage on it. Like, I, I mean, if it's difficult, then it must be really difficult. The dresses in this are just like abysmal. They're so bad. Wedding dresses in fiction are always really weird. Like, I remember when uh, the Spider-Man wedding issue, uh, there was a big deal. Do you do you remember who designed the dress, Jordan? Oh, it was somebody really famous. Was yeah, it? it was like Versace or somebody designed yeah. Mary Jane's wedding dress. Yeah. And then you see it and you're like, that's it? Like, it's it's just like a little mermaid dress. It's like, a, it's just a little, it's got a little tail on it and a veil. It's like, it's just John Romita drawing Mary Jane, except in a white dress. And then I imagine the difficulty is that you want it to look like it, it's a contemporary wedding dress, but nobody actually wears those. Like, everybody wears, like, I know what a wedding dress looks like in my head, and nobody on this stage is wearing what I would consider to be a wedding dress. Right. Especially because they're all, like, generally wedding dresses are white, correct? Typically, yeah. Uh, like, we got some powder blue wedding dresses. We got some pastel pink wedding dresses. Like, right. nobody, nobody has opted for a white wedding dress, which I see one. Makes you think. Although, again, even the ones that have white are, like, some white and, and then more pink and then stuff like that. Right. Not to be outdone by the uh, pure hideousness of Yusagi's wedding dress, the, the lights go out, the curtain opens, and we see uh, Miss Amiyama. And now, again, what color was the material pink what color is the dress purple <laughs> there is not there is not a scrap of pink in this wedding dress no. there are shoulder pads big enough to play pro football <laughs> Uh, there is a burgundy corset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She has makeup. Like, she has like triangles drawn on her face, like the misfits from Gem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has a feathered, jeweled headpiece on her veil and a cape. <laughs> it looks it's, pretty terrible. It's like I will say, if I had the option to pick a wedding dress for my bride, I kind of feel like I would go with this one because it looks like something Ming the Merciless would wear. Because you want her to change her mind. <laughs> the most intimidating wedding possible. <laughs> <laughs> it would definitely be memorable. Nobody else would have a dress like that. Uh, it is. Oh, and it's all sequined, too. Because it sparkles. Oh, God. It- it is bananas. <laughs> it's hideous. So, so she, so she shows up. They, they're not expecting this. They have no idea that this is coming. She just shows up. Uh, in fact, the scouts had been surprised because they were like, uh, there's all the brides and she's not one of them. And she starts like screaming, like, I've shown up. I win this contest. I am the winner. Me gives them all the evil eye. And in this case, specifically, the evil eye makes everyone who looks at her eyes fall asleep. Yeah, she uh, she also says that she will have uh, everyone will kneel before her, not just the men, but also the women. There you go. <laughs> and so she starts knocking everyone out. Usagi looks at her, looks her in the eye, and starts falling unconscious. Luna pokes her head out from under Usagi's dress and goes, Usagi, don't look at her in the eye. You're going to fall asleep. <laughs> Which wakes Usagi up so she could go, Luna, what were you doing under my dress, you pervert? That, uh, Luna's response to that is, it's not the time for that. <laughs> <laughs> so so, uh, so <laughs> putting aside Luna's perversions for a moment, uh, they start they start fighting. Oh, the monster! The monster that is made out of the dress, ostensibly again, not not actually because the dress does not leave her body, obviously. Uh, but the monster is a big giant spider. I don't know if they say what its name is in the Japanese version, but in the American version, they sensibly name it uh, Black Widow, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Uh, the name that uh, that Nefrite gives it is Monster Widow. Oh, there you go. Uh, but it has a really weird name in in. The novel. It's like a 
it's not Fantomas, but it's like Fatomas or something. That's super like weird. Super weird. Very random. <laughs> oh. the, the monster names are bizarre. So then once again, uh, Mars and Mercury start doing the spiel of I'm going to punish you. And in the English version, she goes, no, we're not supposed to say that yet because they haven't transformed yet. That's what Serena says to them. She's like, no, guys, we're not supposed to say that yet. Then they, they also transform. lower from the rafters in a, uh, a golden basket that says happy couple. Oh, yes, they do do that. They do do that. <laughs> so in case you were wondering <laughs> I forgot. where I got the idea that uh, Amy is definitely a lesbian, uh, it's from the show. I got it from, from the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. So they are the happy couple together. Uh, and they, they come down yelling about uh, uh, about stopping her. Uh, then they do Bridal transform. Wear symbolizes the dreams of young girls. We won't forgive anyone who defiles that white dress. Nobody's wearing a white dress. Right? <laughs> uh, Usagi flips out. Uh, she says that uh, they're going to pay for robbing her of her chance to win. And th- like she does a really cool thing where she like sweeps the wedding dress off and then transforms, which I actually think is, is really fun because we see the, the kind of fluttering of the wedding dress skirt goes into the transformation sequence. Yes. And then, yeah, they all three of them transform at once. They end up in a in a in a, in a three person pose at the end, uh, which is fun. And, and this is a this is a pretty standard fight. Uh, once again, yeah. I think Yusagi gets webbed up, mm-hmm. and the webs get burnt off by Fire Soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you know Moon Tierra action and all that. Does Tuxedo Mask show up in this? I do not believe so. Yeah, so it's a pretty standard fight. The novel, and, and I've been avoiding talking about the novel because I'm going to talk about it as a whole in uh, on the whole in general in a few minutes because of the changes it makes to this plot. But the fight scene in the novel is amazing. Uh, oh, it's uh, Tegabo is the name of the... Uh, that is weird. The uh, monster. This is how the fight scene goes in the novel. Indeed, Ray brushed her hair over her shoulder and took a fighting stance. We're the Sailor Scouts, defenders of the innocent, and we will not allow you to Moon Tierra action! <laughs> Serena's weapon, the glowing discus that was her tiara, shot by Ray before the priestess could finish. The tiara slammed into Tegabo and vaporized her as she screamed in agony. Serena ran over to the neat pile of dust that had been Tegabo and began stomping furiously on it. You disgusting thing! I'll stomp you until you're not even dust! I hate spiders! I hate spiders! I hate spiders! Nice! <laughs> Amy ran to Serena and grabbed her. Sailor Moon, stop! She cried. The demon's gone! <laughs> You're going to ruin the heels of your boots if you don't relax. (laughs) Serena angrily spat on the pile and turned away. Gross. (laughs) That's Uh, awesome. Yeah. Serena goes, Serena goes great outdoor fight on the, uh, on the monster. Uh, Luna's eyes widened. Goodness. She murmured. Well, good job defeating the monster, Sailor Moon, but you've never been so vehement before. We've never had to fight a spider before, Luna. (laughs) Uh, and then Ray suggests that uh, they should ask the Negaverse to send more spiders so things can go quicker. <laughs> That's amazing. The image of Sailor Moon stomping and spitting on a pile of dust after she kills a monster in the middle of her introductory speech is beautiful. So the button on the episode is we find out the teacher gets back together with her goober of a, of a fiance. They're actually getting married. We're at the wedding. We see it happening. And uh, the dumb part of the ending being that for some reason, none of the characters that we are familiar with, except for Amy, have ever heard of the catching the bouquet thing. None of them understand that the whole whoever catches the bouquet is supposed to get married next, including Miss Haruna. Amy says this to them and Miss Haruna goes, what? That's a thing? Oh my God. And then like, <laughs> don't you know about that tradition? <laughs> so then of course they all are, are crazy to get bouquet and because they all jump for it at once, it ends up with Amy. So she's destined to marry a hamburger boy. Not never going to happen. <laughs> 
Never gonna happen. Maybe, maybe her and uh, Makoto can have a, a nice, happy marriage. Amy does not remind Makoto of her ex-boyfriend. Doesn't she, though? <laughs> Doesn't she? <laughs> okay. So tell us about this so novel. In the novel, uh, the, the whole setup for the episode is completely different. Because it's not a... Uh, it's the, the honeymoon in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But in order to explain why a chapel would be having a contest, uh, Leanne Centaur has the... Writes about how the chapel has gone private. It has been purchased by a private owner named Reverend L. The man gestured to a brightly colored name tag pinned to his outfit. Reverend L, he said, fashioning his fingers like guns and pointing them at her. The L stands for love, sweetheart. Bang. Oh, man. Uh, so, but he won't let her enter the contest because she's 14. Sensible. <laughs> Uh, because it's for, you know, a, a honeymoon trip to Hawaii. So he actually says, what are you, 10? <laughs> and she says, uh, she says, no, sign me up for the contest. I'll get married in the chapel someday. And he goes, yeah, some little girl who may get married in 10 years from now is no good. Unless you plan on getting married in the next few years, you can't enter. So she says that she is planning on getting married soon. Family's old-fashioned. I'm seeing a guy seriously right now, and there's a chance we could get married within the year. She's already told this man she's 14, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And he goes, yeah, fine, you can enter, but I want to meet the guy. So while that is happening, Darian walks by. Oh, God. And uh, Serena grabs Darian by the arm and says, this is my boyfriend that I'm going to get married to. And they both go, what? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she drags Darian off to the side to explain, and uh, he agrees. What? He agrees to pretend to be her boyfriend that she's getting married to for the sake of entering this contest. He agrees to tell people he's a pedophile. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's actually established in the novel that he's in high school. He's only 17. Okay. Mm. Uh, which, again, still weird. Yeah. There's a big, di- like, there's a big... <laughs> difference between 14 and 17 yeah but at least that's only three years yeah at least he's not 34 years old like he is uh in the anime so the entire setup of the thing is that serena is pretending to be dating and engaged to darian ray doesn't enter the contest wow. ray is therefore much more sympathetic towards the end of the uh the story when and, and actually darian's not really in the story after that it's just like she has a long scene of trying to convince reverend l that she is uh getting married to Darian. But he's not really in the story after that. Uh, so when they all go to the contest, Ray is actually really sympathetic and she's like, hey, I know like, I'm really sorry you didn't get to enter. I know you wanted to win this contest and feel like a bride. It sucks that that didn't happen. So Ray is actually weirdly more sympathetic. Darian's more sympathetic because wow. he is at least willing to go through with this stupid plan for her, kind of making up for calling her a pile of trash on the street. Uh, <laughs> it, it's the classic It's the classic sitcom setup of, oh, these two characters who who have a uh, hostile romantic tension have to pretend to be in love mm-hmm. and their real feelings come out a little bit. Oh. None of that happens on the show. That's all just happening in this weird novelization. So you don't get any of the, the Sailor Mars, uh, uh, Serena's mother stuff? No, that, that's not in there at all. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a really interesting twist on this show because it like... Again, I much prefer Ray as the conniver that she is in this episode, but that she's actually going like, oh, hey, uh, I'm sorry that really stupid plan you had didn't, didn't work out. It's really interesting. Huh. Well, who would have thought Ray could be nice? Yeah, right. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do we think about this episode, uh, Katie? Um, this isn't my favorite episode. I just like, I find all the like pressure on, you know, the home ec teacher to get married because she's 34. Like it just, it kind of bums me out. And I know there's also like, you know, it's just a cute little plot device, but I don't know that just like that kind of soured the whole thing for me. I don't know. I just, I can't stop thinking about her relationship with that guy. Like, is that actually, are they actually happy together? I don't know. So that just distracted me from like the whole thing um but it's i don't know it's cute i guess i i'm also just like i'm not super interested in weddings and i don't know the idea that like they're the most important thing that's going to happen to a girl kind of bumps me out too but i know it's treated very cutely and it's a funny episode so it's okay for a show that tends to be really good about its uh, a very feminist portrayal of femininity, mm-hmm. like, like you called it a, a gateway to femininity in the last episode, which I think was really fun. Yeah. Um, like this is a show where the the superheroes, you know, they're they shout the words makeup to transform. Uh, they, you know, their transformation sequences are all like done against backgrounds of pink bubbles and stuff. It's very, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, and I don't use this pejoratively at all. It's very girly, uh, very traditionally stereotypically girly. You know, th- there's it's glamour and glitter, fashion and fame all the time. For that to be kind of the the hallmark and one of the really appealing things in the show that it's like oh you can be you know you can be feminine and you can be a superhero you can be you you don't have to not like cute pink things to fight evil and 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 be a superhero for that to be such a key point of why people like sailor moon this episode is so weirdly it's such a weirdly anti-feminist treatment of that idea where all the girls are obsessed with marriage Mm -hmm. uh you know up to and including all the adults that we see well does it have to be antithetical to that because can it be you can still you can still be really into wanting to get married and being a a a bride and having a beautiful wedding dress and still fight evil and stuff it better happen by the time you're 34 oh well that's true (laughs) i mean that that line in particular really that that line really sours the show in a lot of ways right right it kind of puts a time limit on how long you have to um enjoy that like state of girliness almost like you know you have to sort of give that up at a certain point um i don't know i mean that could just be that could very well just be my reading of it um but i I have to say i do love the monster in this i love her character design so much i think that she's really really cool so that kind of like saves it a little bit for me yeah she kind of looks like um a character i think in dark stalkers there's like a bee woman oh yeah yeah yeah. so i love i love any kind of like insect woman combination i think she looks really cool I, I I just feel like you're right in that we never really. I, I guess we do. I guess we get uh, Miss Amiyama is very clearly happy and in love. And at the end of the show, we do get uh, there's a mention of oh, you know, uh, Herbert never, you know, even after the mean thing she said, Herbert never wanted to leave her. So I guess there is like actual love. It's not just just hey, we're running out of time. Let's get married. Well, <laughs> you know, no, you are a garbage person with no prospects, and I am an old maid. Let's do this. Like at least they are kind of depicted as being in love with each other. I don't. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know that that's true. <laughs> I mean, they they look happy, but again, if if she's doing it because she wants a wedding, which is what that's the vibe I got when you see him propose, and she's just kind of like, uh, oh, no, she looks man. happy when he proposes. She it's smiles, not- but I feel like it, to me it read as her going, "Wait, this means I can have that wedding." It's definitely not a Yasuke Amada situation, no. where it is very easy to read it as uh, a stalker and the woman who is frightened into being polite to him. Oh no, <laughs> Th- these I think I think Amiyama and her. Herbert uh, are a uh, a cute couple. Even though he's a goober. Even though he is a goober. 
Uh, so do you have the moral from this episode queued up, Jordan? I do. Let's hear what it was. And you could probably I am guess. curious to know what we learned from this one. It's yeah, exactly right? what we just discussed. <laughs> yeah, Netflix's a hot-looking guy. <laughs> but he is bad to the bone. Ooh. So Ms. Lambert's fiancé isn't the coolest-looking guy on the block, but he loves her and he makes her happy. You gotta look deeper than looks. See what's inside the person. That's what counts. Right. I always look for what's inside, and you should too. The end. Mm-hmm. I the- always look for what's inside. P.S. I'm a cat. Yeah, that's the <laughs> so weirdest part. Why did they tack Luna onto that? I don't. Know. By the way, Luna uh, doesn't what- always look for what's inside because we will get to that episode with Luna's boyfriend later. One oh, of the best true. of the show. That is the best. <laughs> well, and neither is does. Is that what's doing under um, Usagi's dress, though? Like, <laughs> if that's a weird <laughs> subtext. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, Yusagi doesn't either. She's constantly just talking about guys being good looking. She never goes, oh, that guy is a real good person, even though he's, I mean, again, maybe she would have given Melvin a chance, although Melvin is not a good person inside either. So never. No, he's, he hides under tables. Yeah, he's a creep. And and prevents uh, Haruna from getting married. Right. That's something that we haven't talked about. Haruna needs that bouquet to balance things out. Yeah, because of the dress flip. Yeah. Because of the dress flip, because now she's never going to get married. Uh, what a fun episode. So what did we learn? It's time for Sailor Business says. Uh, Katie, what did you learn from this episode? I learned don't mess with girls who put eyeliner on their lower lid. And that's something that I live by every day in Queens. <laughs> <laughs> They're serious. I don't mess with them. They mean, Look, if you're taking the time to put it under your eye to look like more severe, like, God bless. I'm just going to let you do your thing. I am totally into that look, though. <laughs> it's a, Oh, my God. It's fantastic. But I'm just saying, let them do their thing. Don't interfere. Uh, Jordan, what did you learn? Oh, man. See, I, I was I want to say that I learned not to propose by listing all of your shortcomings. Uh, but <laughs> is that not how you did it? That's not how I did it, oddly enough. And and. Uh, the thing is, though, it worked for him. So I guess, I guess it's worth it's a worthy attempt. You give it a go. <laughs> uh, I learned that white wedding dresses are passe. Yeah. Uh, you know the, uh, the whole symbol of purity thing. We need to get over that as a culture and start wearing uh, purple and burgundy wedding dresses with massive shoulder pads uh, and capes, feathered capes. <laughs> if you can find Sailor business says, if you can find a bride who's willing to wear that, you've you've won. You've hit the jackpot <laughs> i love it so uh so like would we recommend this episode to people i i feel like i i like this episode again like these last two are a real turning point for ray for me they make me like ray a lot more she like like i said she's she's a, a, a han solo in these she's a scoundrel <laughs> she's a, a lovable cheater uh-huh. Uh, whereas she's, you know, there, there's a, a scene of her kind of needling uh, Usagi, no pun intended, although pun 1000% intended. <laughs> that actually comes off a lot better in this one, because at least she's, you know, she kind of gives up on trying to win the contest. And, you know, she's at least in it together. It's more of a friendly ribbing than uh, just like, oh, yeah, you do look like a pork bun. <laughs> You're an idiot and I hate you. <laughs> I mean, I would recommend both of these, both this episode and the one from the previous episode. I, I think they're a lot of fun. Uh, not as your first episode, necessarily, but I, I, I mean, again, to me, when people talk about skipping the filler episodes, I, I think you, you, you're crazy. Like, the filler episodes are where all the real fun of the show is had. Um, which is not to say I don't like the, the quote-unquote mythology episodes. I like those too, but the filler episodes, uh, they're just a good time. You just get to see the characters having a blast. 
Yeah, I would recommend this one. It's it's really fun. It's super, you know, lighthearted. I think if you just go into it and kind of look at the the marriage elements of it as camp as opposed to like any kind of message that they're trying to send out to young girls, I think it's a really fun one. Uh yeah, so definitely I, I would say get a couple under your belt before you uh before you watch this one. Uh <laughs> definitely go back and watch uh the first the, the tennis episode. Yeah. Oh, see that. Sure. Oh, Katie, can you draw can you draw Yusagi as a tennis ball? I can Absolutely, that Ken's uh, Spider-Man be next to her. <laughs> yes, should he Done. be turned into I'm some awesome. sort of sporting goods as well? Or? He should have a racket because that's yeah, very romantic. It's a couple's costume. <laughs> he should be like wearing like a a John McEnroe outfit over his Spider-Man costume. Oh, this is going to be adorable! Like a headband and, and shirt and shorts over his Spider-Man costume. See, this, I will absolutely. I like uh, this this what if world. The what if Sailor Moon stayed a tennis ball forever. <laughs> Just the rest of the series. She's It'd be really ball. hard for her to uh, to uh, keep her secret identity when she sure. was going to school as a tennis ball. <laughs> when like she would just show up in school and her would be like outside, you know, <laughs> not even going to try it today. Uh, yeah, uh, a, a solid episode, but I would say not not entry level, uh, mm-hmm. but definitely some really really fun uh, Ray development. Like it's it's nice to see Ray acting not even not even more like uh, Usagi, but more like a kid. You know, like a little a little goofy are a little less severe. I think it helps soften the edges of her character quite a bit. So that brings us to the close of episode 16 of Sailor Business. We will be back next week uh, when we will be watching uh, Usagi's A Model, The Flash of the Monster Camera, aka Shutterbugged, which is a uh, really fun episode. (laughs) Uh, Katie, thank you for joining us for these two. Uh, We've had a lot of fun talking to you. I'm glad you were here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This is the best. Can you tell everyone where they can find you online? Yes, my website is Skelly. S-K-E-L-L-Y comics.com. And uh, on Twitter, you are nurse underscore nurse. That's correct. You can find me on Twitter as at crackshot, except the O is a zero. And you can find me on Twitter at the ISB. That's T-H-E-I-S-B as in uh, Batman, as in bride for this episode. (laughs) Wow. B as in bridal gown. (laughs) Uh, B as in prize winning purple bridal gown. No, she did not win the prize. Don't spread lies <laughs> she did what? she gets the free wedding that's the free wedding at the end yeah she yep. gets the big wedding at the end she did win that's despite being bullshit <laughs> she shows up in the middle of the thing uh, t- uh, knocks out the entire congregation and they give her the prize yeah she she wins like look she clearly has the best wedding dress she doesn't even wear it at her wedding well no because it's the ridiculous <laughs> evil person's wedding dress oh god i, I figured yeah, she she won. paid for her wedding. No, she won. She won the contest. It is a prize-winning bridal gown. Anyway, that's B, not P as in prize or G as in gown. That's B for bridal. Okay. Uh, and you can follow- Thank you for listening. We will be back uh, next week. Uh, have a good one, everybody. And until next time, keep your mind on sailor business. <laughs> I can't believe she wins. I did not get that impression. <laughs> sailor-